Hey, Property Insiders, I'm Mike Stenhouse, and this is the Inside Property Investing Podcast. You are in the right place if you are an aspiring or existing investor looking to build a portfolio and a property business that works for you. And from this podcast, you're going to learn from all of my insights and advice from over a decade in the industry, as well as the lessons learned from hundreds of other successful investors. So you can listen to what worked for them and avoid what didn't. I hope you enjoy today's podcast and whatever you're up to today, I hope you have a fantastic day. Thanks for listening. Happy New Year. I hope you had an amazing festive period, whatever you were up to. I know for me, I basically went into hibernation for the last three weeks and I'm only just climbing out of it now. That doesn't mean I didn't get any work done, but I turned off email. I had the out of office set. I wasn't really paying attention to any of the working in the business stuff. And it was nice to have that time without distraction when most other people are shut down to actually really think about what I can focus on working on the business that's going to set us up for a successful 2023 new income streams, how we can maybe restructure some of the deals that we're working on, lots of things that we often don't have time for. And I know at this time of year, we're probably sick of hearing all the new year, new you stuff that gets thrown around on social media. But it's kind of important, I think, to, to reflect on this, to see the value of some downtime, to look back at what has worked for us over the last year, maybe what hasn't worked for us. I'm going to be touching on that a lot in today's episode. But like I say, whatever you were up to, I hope you had a great time. I hope you are feeling positive or at least if not super positive about 2023, positive that we can make it a good year for us, even if it feels like the world is burning around us. So it's going to be a little bit of doom and gloom today. I apologize. I can't help it. Um, but I'm going to end us with some some tips, some pointers, some things that are going to have an impact on me that I hope will also have a positive impact on you for the year ahead. Now, last year, there is no denying, was tough for a lot of us. In fact, the last three years, you believe it's been three years since COVID first darkened our doorstep. Those three years have been filled with a lot of uncertainty for a lot of people and a lot of property investors. I don't mean that from a selfish point of view, saying we've had it worse than anyone else, but this podcast is about property investing. So that is obviously what I'm going to focus on. It has been a tough time for many of us in the industry. And I know there's been this crazy bubble with property values, which some investors will view as a positive outcome. But for me, stability and certainty are far more reassuring, far more important than unsustainable price rises. So all this talk about, oh, property prices have gone up, we're all happy. Like that doesn't really sit well with me. That's not what I want from the market. I'd like stability. I'd like to be able to plan a, a cost schedule for a project for the next 12 months and know that it's going to be roughly accurate. I'd like to be able to buy a project knowing that the GDV is going to be roughly where it is just now, not that it's shot up by 15% or plummeted by 15%. I like stability. I think that is what makes for a good market to operate in. And we haven't had that in recent history. Now, if you had a tough year, if 2022 wasn't the year that you hoped it was going to be, if you were struggling, I just want to say that you are not alone. I've spoken to a lot of people over the Christmas break who are right there with you. New deals that haven't gone to plan, existing rental properties that just 
don't make sense anymore due to all the rising costs that we have seen and a lot of doubt even about whether this industry is where they want to stay, where they want to build their business and their future career. We had a run of good years prior to COVID and I think that this past period of three years or so is a stark reminder that the market is cyclical. It's not always good. It goes up and down and it's hard to predict. And it is a tough industry to succeed in over the long term. From a personal point of view, we have struggled as well. I don't like to admit that, but it's the reality is the truth of the situation. The the more macro factors have impacted some of our projects. We're struggling to get contractors to commit to fixed prices when the cost of materials were surging. We had a a tender process over the summer that was just a nightmare trying to get any builders that A, had capacity and B, wanted to put anything in that resembled a price that we could rely upon that wasn't going to change if cost of timber and insulation and plasterboard all continued to soar the way that they were doing. We also had lenders that were moving the goalposts on refinances when we had all that interest rate shock a couple of months ago. And not just moving the goalposts to a different part of the pitch, but to a whole different stadium, just completely changing the terms of the deal that we had agreed to with them just a few weeks prior to that. And of course, on top of those macro factors, on top of the industry stuff that's going on, we've all got our own personal stuff to contend with as well. Last December, and don't get me wrong, this was like, you know, up there amongst the best things that's ever happened to me. I became a dad for the first time. It's been a phenomenal 12 months getting to spend time with our little girl, but she absolutely added to what was an already full plate. There wasn't much space on there. And then we've got this baby that needs to be cared for solely by us. And we were like, oh, okay, now we thought we were busy. This is really what busy feels like. And for you guys with lots of kids, like, I don't even know how you cope, but I take my hat off to you. So we were running and not just running, but trying to grow multiple different businesses. We've got the property development business. We've got the letting agency side of the business. We've got the podcast side of the business. We're also living on a boat and trying to make the most of that adventure that we'd created for ourselves. And we also obviously wanted to look after and be present for this new life that we were responsible for. It was an amazingly manic summer, but it made us realize that unfortunately it was time to sell the boat for the sake of our business, for the sake of ourselves and for the sake of the baby. And that's what we did. We sold the boat in November last year. So now we're back in the UK full time, ready to face whatever 2023 throws at us. And unfortunately, I don't see things getting much easier from a property point of view in the near future. I don't think 2023 is going to be much, if any, easier than 2022. We're seeing interest rates continue to rise. And I'm not here to talk about whether they're going to continue to rise for the foreseeable, if they're going to rise quickly, what point they're going to stop rising. Like interest rates are going up. That is going to make our life more tough. Like we can end that discussion there. Inflation is going to continue to rise. And again, I am not an economist. I'm not going to share my thoughts on where I think it will stop when I think it'll start to ease. Inflation is going to continue to have an impact on us. Taxes are going to continue to rise. The cost of living crisis is in full swing and predicted to get worse. House prices after that COVID bubble have been dropping for the fourth straight month now. 
on average, of course, not always uh, the same in every location. But, you know, the, the major headlines are that average house prices have dropped for the fourth month in a row. But yes, okay, a little bit of doom and gloom here. It's not what I want to focus on. It's just the reality of the situation. So I don't want to ruin your commute. Forgive me if you're sat at the gym and thinking, geez, what's the point in all this? <laughs> that wasn't my intention. So uh, I, I do apologize. But the reality of the situation, I think we need to be aware of the fact that we are operating in a tough market and we need to be aware of that. So what I wanted to do was just share some encouraging thoughts with you to start the year that might help you over the next 12 months as we embark upon this new year and we think about our goals for the future. Relatively short episode. Um, So first off, just a reminder, as we think about what we have or haven't achieved in 2022, failing to hit your goals last year, any year, doesn't make you a failure. Your goals do not define you and failing to hit your goals does not make you personally any less worthy. Simply having goals in the first place, the fact that you had something last year that you were working towards immediately puts you ahead of the pack in terms of the way that you view your business and your success. You take control of it. It's something that is within your power to shift and to create success. And you likely still got much closer to those goals as a result of having them at all than all of the people who just wandered aimlessly through 2022, letting it happen to them without any idea of what they were working towards. So just the fact that you had goals that you know you maybe haven't hit, that in itself puts you ahead of the pack. But we don't always hit our goals. That's the reality. And that is okay. In fact, we shouldn't always hit our goals. Otherwise, it's a pretty good indication that we're not pushing ourselves enough. If we hit every goal that we set, we're not setting lofty enough goals for ourselves. Goals to me are an opportunity to learn and to improve rather than a fixed marker or a post in the ground that we need to hit in order to become successful. So use your goals from 2022, from the last year, as an opportunity to debrief on the year and consider what didn't go as planned and why. What can you change this year in order to give yourself a better chance of success? And take a moment to consider what did go well as well. How can you do more of that this year? How can you bring more of that success into your goals and your plans for the future year? There are positives to be found in even the worst outcomes. So it's worth taking the time to learn the lessons that 2022 tried to teach you rather than get down in the dumps because whatever you wrote on a piece of paper at the start of the year didn't become your reality. There is a huge amount of value, a huge amount of insight, learning and education that you can take from your journey towards trying to achieve those goals, whether or not you actually hit them. And obviously it's the same if you did hit those goals. I take my hat off to you. It was a tough year. Well done. Congratulations. But still take the time to learn the lessons from that. Do you need to set yourself loftier goals this year? Is there anything that didn't go to plan? Even though you hit your goals, were parts of it a struggle? Were parts of it areas that could be improved. There are always opportunities to learn. And that is the biggest value that we can take from setting ourselves goals and targets and taking the time to actually review the progress that we made towards them. So the second thing I want to share with you is what I'm going to be focusing on to try and give myself the best chance of success in 2023. 
not so much New Year's resolutions or specific goals with numbers against them. We've got them set for our business over the long term and they don't really change on a year to year basis. So they do a little bit and we set more detailed, localized plans on a 90 day basis. But really what I'm talking about today is more intentions of how I want to be to ensure that I'm in the best position to take advantage of any opportunities that do present themselves. Because whilst the past few years have been tough and 2023 will probably be the same, that usually means there will also be opportunities amongst the challenges that we can jump on if we are in a position to do so. So number one on my list, and there are just four things that I'm going to share here. But the first thing on my list is to focus on quality over quantity. Personally, from our business point of view, the development side of the business, we have a fairly hefty long-term vision for the number of new homes, new units that we want to create in our business, in our local area to contribute some way towards providing homes for people who need them. But we can only do that. We can only achieve that goal. We can only create new homes if we actually stay in business for that period of time. So whilst some of our previous investment decisions when the market was a little bit more buoyant were based on volume, when things were going well, we were like, yeah, okay, we'll take that deal on. It's good enough. Let's crack on with it. This year, with the uncertainty that exists, our focus needs to be on making sure that every single deal we commit to really, really stacks up with sufficient contingency, with sufficient buffer in place to weather any uncertainty that exists. And if that means going slower for a year or two, I'm good with that. I'm perfectly happy to go slower now if it means we'll still be around when things do pick up again so that we can then ramp up the volume. It's not linear. There will be ups and downs as the market, you know, as the the property market itself has ups and downs. Our business will have ups and downs. So for me, this year is all about focusing on quality over quantity. The second thing on my list, my second intention is to continue to diversify our income. Now, I'm not going to go crazy here. I'm not about to buy a McDonald's franchise or start an Amazon dropshipping business or invest in crypto or anything like that. It will remain within the property world. But over the past few years, what I have realized is it has been super reassuring to have the diverse portfolio as different segments of our portfolio have struggled or done well at different times. So for example, when COVID first hit, service accommodation took a real downward turn. There were restrictions in place. People didn't want to travel. They didn't want to stay outside their home. The government said, hey, you can't travel. You can't stay outside your home. But thankfully, we had income from the rest of our portfolio in order to buffer that from our single lets, from some of the commercial units, from the HMOs. And actually, the HMOs struggled a little bit then as well with a lot of people initially uh, deciding that they were going to move back in with their parents or you know wherever they had lived previously or they wanted to go and rent a place on their own. So the SA and the HMO stuff took a bit of a hit, but the rest of the portfolio kind of buffered that. And then you know, looking forwards, the the GDV on some of our development projects, that might tumble over the next 12 months as property prices continue to decrease. What we thought we could refinance them for in September last year might not be what we can actually get them valued at in September this year. But on the flip side, 
the SA units that struggled during COVID actually, I think, are going to do pretty well in a recession as more people choose to travel within the UK rather than going abroad. So we'll have the income from the SAs to help offset some of the uh, the, the the down valuations or the lower GDVs on the development projects. And again, it's a long-term game. Over the next five years, 10 years, 20 years, the GDVs on those projects will continue to increase. So I'm pretty confident that we're going to be in a good position. But short term, we have got an increase in income from our SA portfolio to offset some of the things that, that might go down. And it's nice to have that diversity so that if one thing goes wrong, our entire income isn't impacted. There, these are simple examples, right? But the mix of uh, single lets, the mix of HMOs, SA, and commercial income has meant that we've always been able to rely on at least some of our income over the last couple of years. There's a Warren Buffett quote that I like. I came across it. Uh, I think I was listening to a podcast over Christmas and I hadn't heard it before. Uh, you know, a lot of his are um, fairly mainstream, but this one I certainly hadn't heard myself where he says that diversification is protection against ignorance. And I think what he means there is that, well, you know, he's fairly stayed within his lane. He's got a fairly narrow niche that he operates within. Um, and, and his argument is that if you're diversifying, you're just kind of giving yourself an excuse to not become an expert. You say, oh, you know, I'm, I'm a diverse investor. You only need to be a diverse investor if you're ignorant to, uh, you know, one specific market, if you're choosing not to be an expert in the area that you focus on. And he is right to an extent, but I think you could look at it both ways. Yes, if you become a true expert in your field, you don't need to diversify because you have confidence in the decisions that you're making. And diversification can, in some ways, cause more harm than good by distracting you from your area of expertise. But equally, we're not playing this game in a stable environment. We don't set all of the rules. And it can often be the external factors out with our control, like a global pandemic that none of us expected to come, that impact our chance of success or failure. So the way that I look at that is spend the majority of your time on what you do know, where you are an expert. But it's also reassuring to have some diversity as a backup against the unknown, the aspects that are out with our control as well. And we will continue to look at that diverse portfolio, how we can continue to diversify our income within the property industry generally. Number three, my third intention on the list is to network more. This is a relatively short one, kind of personal to me, but I think it's important that we all have a strong network of people that we can rely on. Prior to going traveling, I was so well connected within the industry, through the podcast, through social media, through physically getting off my arse and going and driving to events and networking and, and speaking to people and shaking hands and asking them questions and being interested. But then we went away for four years and don't get me wrong, like I had an absolute blast whilst we were away, but I let a lot of those connections and relationships fall away and I wasn't able to make new connections by continuing to go physically to events, A, because COVID shut a lot of them down and B, you know, my time and my priorities were elsewhere. So I, I kind of pulled myself away from being involved in the property community. I stopped attending events. I stopped checking in with my own network to see what they were doing, what was working for them, where they were struggling or where they saw opportunities. And we absolutely can all fly solo if we want to. 
and we can still achieve a lot of success by flying solo. But I really believe that we are better when we surround ourselves with people who inspire us, people who push us and people who make us smile. Happiness is so important. And finding that group that can bring you up when you're feeling down, give you ideas, give you advice and inspiration, I think is critical to not success, but to having the most success that you can achieve. And then finally, number four on my list of intentions is to look after myself. It came easily on the boat with the good weather, the healthy diet and the Mediterranean and the outdoor lifestyle. I didn't need to do a huge amount in order to to stay healthy physically and mentally, but it doesn't come so easily to me in the UK when I'd rather get cozy in front of the fire with a roast dinner than go out in the rain for a run. But there is no doubt in my mind that I perform better when I look after myself mentally and physically. And I'm sure it will be exactly the same for you, whether you want to admit it or not, that that effort that goes into a run, going to the gym, going for a swim, eating healthier will actually have a positive impact on you after that initial pain of tying up your shoelaces on your trainer's passes. And I know that our business does better. I am a nicer person to be around. I feel better overall. It is a no-brainer when you look at the output but I do sometimes struggle to commit to the input needed this year I'm going to reframe it in my mind like I said at the start there aren't any specific goals or numbers here I'm not going to challenge myself to run a certain number of kilometers a week or to count calories or anything else that sounds more like a punishment than pleasure Instead, I'm setting an intention to do what makes me happy, knowing that deep down what makes me happy is feeling good and having more energy. So hopefully that results in my brain deciding to exercise more, to live cleaner, to spend more time doing things like reading and listening to podcasts as well that I enjoy doing, that I get pleasure from, but also that give me mental stimulation encourage me to think about things in a different way from a different perspective. And I'm including number four to look after myself on the list here, because although it's more of a personal one, like I've said already, being healthier and being happier has a direct impact on the success of our business as well. So I think it's important that, you know, we kind of, in the same way when I'm thinking about long-term goal setting, it's not about an amount of money in the bank that we need in order to be happy. It's about thinking, what do we genuinely want from life? And then working back from that in order to come up with these business goals. In a similar vein, I think that focusing first and foremost on looking after ourselves will ultimately result in our businesses doing better as well. So whether you had a great 2022 or a really crappy one, it's in the past and it doesn't need to define us. Lots of people struggled. If you struggled, you're not alone. But let's learn from those struggles and give ourselves the best chance of success in 2023. I'll be back next week with our first interview of the year with Nikki Smith, which I am so excited to share with you. But for now, thank you so much for listening. Have a great week. And if you are new here, first of all, thanks for joining us. But that probably means you haven't taken the time to leave us a review on iTunes or wherever else you listen to the podcast. I haven't requested reviews for a long time, but 
It's the type of thing that if I request them, we get them. If I don't request them, we don't get them. So it would be lovely to see some reviews of the podcast in uh, iTunes or, like I say, wherever else you listen to the podcast. So if you're new here and you haven't left us a review, please do when you get the chance. Or if you've been here for a while and you haven't got around to doing it in the past, I would love to see some nice comments. Let me know what you enjoy about the show. And uh, yeah, we'll wrap it up there. Thanks for joining me. I'll speak to you soon.